You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George, and I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast, and we're talking about the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and I've called this series The Lamp of the Lord. The reason is because I'm focusing on the importance of the seeing of your spirit, of spiritual things, and receiving leadings. You can't have sensitivity to the Holy Spirit if you don't understand your own spirit. And the Bible says that our own spirits are going to be used by God to guide us. Let me read that to you. It's Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 27, Jerusalem Bible. Man's spirit is the lamp of Yahweh, searching his deepest self. Now, this is something that you, you, it's a ground rule. You have to have it set in your mind before you get into any kind of guidance, and it's this. All of our leadings must be judged and examined in the light of the Word of God. God doesn't expect us to swallow every leading, whether it's something we feel like it's coming directly to us or if it's something someone else says to us. I picked up a guest speaker, oh golly, 35 years ago. uh, He had come to Tulsa to minister in one of our conferences. And he looked at me that morning, and he had a very somber, somber look on his face. And he said, Willie, I've got a word for you. I've been praying all night, and I feel like God spoke to me. And I said, what is it? And he said, he told me, if you don't judge yourself, he won't have, if you will judge yourself, he said, uh, then God won't have to judge you. I said, what's that about? He said, I don't know. Well, you talk about a cloud. It was an amazing cloud. There was nothing specific about it. There was nothing pointed, and, and it, was, it was not from the Lord. But the enemy used it as we were getting into our conference, and I was supposed to be speaking to a number of people, and I needed to be on my A-game. And right during the, the beginning of that conference, I get this word from this guy who is is off base, totally off base, and it put a black cloud over me for a few days. Now, I overcame it, but it gave me something to fight with that I really didn't need to fight with. And 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 so I eventually judged that word. But I, in, in fact, if it were today, I'd throw it out instantly. I would have rebuked him instantly. I would have said, how dare you come to me with something so hazy, so nebulous, so inconclusive, so unscriptural uh, at this point. I, I, I get it, maybe. If, if it, you have something and you come to me with a major thing at the end of this conference, but not at the beginning. You see, I didn't know things like that in those days. But, I, you know, I, I'll tell you, one of the reasons I, I'm a little bit more bold and smart than I used to be is because I've been burned so much, and that's what happens to you. You, you develop some guidance and some wisdom, uh, not so much because you're smart, because you've been burned. All right, so we judge all of our leadings, whether they come to us directly or come from somebody else. The Holy Spirit is infallible. He's infallible. So we're not judging the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not at fault. He's not susceptible to error. We are. And so you have to understand it's the vessel that the Holy Spirit has to use that might sometimes put a little bit of his own flavoring in. Uh, do you remember when you were a kid and it's hot summertime and your mom wouldn't let you come in the house, but you wanted a drink of water and uh, you had grass all over you, it'd been rolling out in the grass and you're dirty and filthy and she didn't want you in the house. And my grandmother was like that and she didn't want us in the house. 
uh, we wanted water, and she'd say, get it out of the hose. And so we'd go turn on the water hose. Well, the, the garden water hose was not the best conduit for drinking water. You could always taste a little bit of that hose, and the water that was in it, you'd have to run it for a little bit, and then I'd get in trouble for doing that. But, but that water that had been sitting in that hose, it had a very definite taste to it. It wasn't good. And, and that's really the way some people are. They, they may be following a leading of the Lord, but they put so much of their own flavor into it that when it gets to the people or even gets to themselves, it's not accurate. And so the Holy Spirit is infallible, but human mouthpieces are not. Now, now listen to what God has to say about this. And it's about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26 and it's the Apostle Paul talking to us about the importance of judging spiritual manifestations. How is it then, brethren, verse 26, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. In other words, you're never doing anything just because you feel like you have to say something. You're doing it because you feel like and you feel very strong about this, this will edify and build up the people. I remember when I, <laughs> when I first became a follower of Jesus, my uncle had a visitation night that we did at our church every week. Every week on, I think, Tuesday night, we went out and knocked on doors and invited people to church, and we canvassed the whole town, a town of 1,100 people. We knocked on every door in the city eventually. It took us two years to do it, but we finally got it done. There were almost no people in the church who showed up for that. Nobody likes doing that. We might have three to four people show up. We'd go down there and we'd wait, and I'd think, man, this is just useless. Nobody's going to come, and most of the time they didn't. And I remember thinking that God was speaking to me after those times, and I would see myself prophesying to people in our church Thus saith the Lord, thou slothful servant, wilt thou allow others to perish? Wilt thou be a watchman who's on the wall, but you do not warn those that are about to perish? And, and that's how I would see myself ministering to people. <laughs> it wasn't from God. That was my own wrath. And the Bible says the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. Uh, you know, I, I've had leadings and words that were given to me before. Uh, that were given out of jealousy, envy. Someone was envious of what God had done with me, and they wanted to cut me down a notch or two. Uh, I, I've seen this happen. I, I, there, there are some ministers' conventions I will not go to. I won't darken the door, and I'll tell you why. Every single time I go, they call me up in front of the whole crowd, and they start prophesying to me that I'm discouraged, and it's going to be okay, and <laughs> that God is going to come through. And it's not true. I don't know how many times I've been to those meetings, and they prophesied discouragement on me, but it's going to be okay, and God's going to come through and all that. And you're about to quit the ministry. And I thought, man, I hope nobody from my church is hearing this, because this is not true. It's not true. I don't know where they get it. But some people feel a compulsion to give a word to any minister who comes through the door. And what they're doing, they're trying to position themselves above that person that just comes in. And that's what's going on. It's just real, it's a one-upmanship is what it is. And it's, I am over you in the Lord, therefore I will give you a word to refresh you. And, 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 and really, those kinds of words need to be given in private 
I was out in Kentucky years ago, and the pastor was pastoring a church in a very small town right on the river, on the Ohio River, and right across the river was a much bigger city. And while I was ministering in that Sunday morning service, the Holy Spirit showed me that that pastor was contemplating going into the bigger city right across the river over in Indiana. But you know what I had enough sense to do? I didn't tell him that in front of the whole church. I didn't say, thus saith the Lord, you're to do this. I didn't do that because it puts him under the gun immediately. And all these people are saying, when is this going to happen? When are you going to do this? Are you going to leave us? What does this mean? And I turned off my microphone and I walked over to the pastor and his wife together and with my back to the crowd and I looked them in the eye and I said, whatever God is saying to you about such and such city, it's right. And they grinned at me and they said, thank you. It was a word from the Lord, but it was delivered in the right way. See, if you don't judge your manifestations, you're like the garden hose that puts all that old rubbery hot taste in the good water. And we don't want to be that way. We want to accurately represent the Lord. We want to learn, and you won't learn if you do not judge yourself. He says, let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be uh, two or at the most by three each in turn and let one interpret. Well, well, I have to speak in tongues. No, you don't. He gives you an assignment here as to how this is to be handled. And he said, let the uh, two or three prophets speak and let the other judge. And it, basically, here's the spirit behind what's being said here. God is saying, judge manifestations. And that means we judge leadings. We judge the leadings that we get. That's just the way that it works. Now, we can learn from these things. And God's always going to lead us in accordance with His Word. Let me read to you from Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Proverbs 16, 9, a man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. I can't tell you how many times people have come to me and said, I've quit my job, we've sold the house, we believe God's called us to ministry. Where are you going to go? I don't know, but we're just supposed to go. They leaped into nothingness, and God never leads anybody to jump into nothingness. Can I tell you this, that expression, the leap of faith is not biblical at all? That's not a scriptural term. The Bible talks about steps of faith, but it doesn't ever talk about leaps of faith. Remember, it was the devil who tried to get Jesus to leap off the pinnacle of the temple, and the devil told him, the angels will catch you. Uh, God doesn't lead us to jump into thin air. God leads us to steps. A step is something solid on the bottom of your foot. If there's nothing solid out in front of your foot, it is not a step. Don't take it. And we have to judge leadings. And we can judge leadings by understanding the character of God. Sometimes we get leadings that are not for now. October 1976. I was very frustrated. I knew there was a change coming in my life. I was working in a church out in West Texas, but I knew there was going to be a change. So I had a special season of prayer. And when I got on my face before God and prayed, it didn't happen the first few minutes, but an hour, maybe an hour and a half in, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to my heart very clearly. He said, you're going to pastor a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's what I heard. And then God gave me the name of a man. That was 1976 in the fall. I didn't start church on the move until July of 1987, almost 10 years later. 
Now, a year and a half later, I moved to Tulsa, and I was a staff member for the church that that man started, the guy whose name God gave me. That's how God got me to the city. But there was absolutely nothing that I could do at that time. There was no step. I wasn't about to quit my job, get out of my home, come to Tulsa, and just hang around waiting for God to do something. I didn't have a job, so I didn't come. Sometimes leadings are for the shelf. If you can't act on it, then don't move on it. Just hang on to that. It will keep. Everybody thinks that God's words uh, come with an expiration date, but sometimes there's a little bit of, of delay. Uh, so God's leadings, are, 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 they, they, they are fruitful. They make sense. All right, now let's lead, uh, read uh, the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 1. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. God had already called them, and it was God's way of saying it's time for them to do it. So they fasted and they prayed. The, the others laid hands on them and they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Now, here's what happens when you go in the will of God. Now, when they had gone through the island of Papas, by the way, they were sent out, meaning they had money. They were given money. So they weren't out here begging. Uh, there was the, the money situation was already handled before they went. But when they went to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer who was a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. They didn't go to him. He said, I want to hear from you. So Elimus, the sorcerer, that was his name translated, withstood them. He tried to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who's also called Paul, first time we ever call him Paul in, in Acts 13, 9, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him, and he said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now I want to read a couple more verses. This is verse 44 in the next chapter. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. Different place, but, but in the same period of time. And then in verse 49, same chapter. And the word of the Lord was beginning to spread throughout all the region. What, what am I doing here? What I'm wanting to show you is where God leads, there's fruit. In other words, if God's really leading you, there will be fruitfulness where He leads you. You'll see the reason that you were led there. He will lead you in a place where you begin to bear fruit. Now, the bearing fruit may be faster in some areas just because of the openness that people have to the gospel. But there will be some measure of fruit bearing wherever you go. And the thing that I want you to see, and I said it just a bit ago, when they went out, when Saul and Barnabas went out, 
they sent them out, meaning there was financial support. They had the backing of that church there at Antioch. And so that's what I want you to see. God is not calling people to go jump off into oblivion and take their families to places uh, where they have no visible means of support, no job, no real place to land, no backing, no support. That's not the Lord. That's not how God leads. And uh, a lot of people do that, and it's unfortunate. And this is what I see happens a lot. Their kids just absolutely cannot bear walking with God because in their minds, walking with God means changing your school, giving up your home, your bedroom, uh, you know. And, and, you know, it's really kind of a shame that, that we get these whims and we ask our kids to make sacrifices that, that really aren't difficult for us to make, but they're incredibly difficult for the kids to make. And so I would say to you, uh, understand something about the character of God. God guides people into fruitfulness, and what that means is when He guides you, there is solid ground on the bottom of your foot. It's called a step. The steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Well, it's all the time we got today, uh, but we'll pick this up again later. I want to thank you for joining us. See you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.